Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. So realizing I hadn't played any Christmas music all year, um, yeah, that's really weird because it normally occurs to me. Um, we do it this morning. And joining me from Thunder Bay, Ontario, right, the home of Al Pearson, Gregory Lotus. Gilo, what is up? No habla espanol. Je parle français. He's trilingual in case you didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Oui. Merry Christmas. What uh how how much French can you speak? Can you are you, can you like navigate in it? Oh yeah. I mean uh let's see, we had to start taking French in first grade all the way to thirteenth grade. Uh they don't have thirteenth grade anymore. But uh no, I do I do decent. I'm not I'm not fluent by any means, but uh You can navigate it. I right? do help I help my wife out, yes, I do, on wow. occasion. What about um? So, what was thirteenth grade? Was that like graduate high school studies? Basically, see, if you wanted to go to a Canadian university, you had to take. Um, there was three levels of classes in um, Ontario high schools: basic, general, and advanced. Um, so, if you wanted to go to a Canadian university, you had to take all advanced classes, and then. You had to go to, you had to get six credits out of a possible 10 options um, to go to university. And so you had to have a certain GPA and score or whatever, blah, 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 and do that. So um, that was, it's kind of like a graduate high school deal, but they eliminated it now. Oh, really? So it's just uh, one through 12, grade one through 12. Yes, grade one. That's never said first grade. It was always grade one. That's uh, how you could you. automatically tell a Canadian. <laughs> exactly. There's certain my my mom my mom still says it. Um, I still say it. Uh, there's a couple of words. I mean, I'm not a, a boot guy. I'm about, uh, but I've been here. I've been here now in the states longer than I was. Um, yeah, longer than I lived in Canada because I, you know, moved away uh, before I was, you know, late teens. Well, you know, there are certain phrases that go with certain parts of the country in the upper Midwest where Greg lives, where I used to live. Right? One of the things they say that I'd never heard before was, do you want to go with? And there's a period after yeah. the word with. I mean, so I was raised, do you want to go with me to the store? Do you want to go with me to the ball game? Do you want to go? But they just say, hey, I'm going to the store. You want to go with it. So, and so I'm in Iraq and I'm in a line in this place, getting ready to eat with everybody else. Right. And I hear this guy's like talking and he says, Hey, later on, we're going to go here. Do you want to go with? And I just looked and I said, where are you from? Marine. And he looks at me, he goes, sir, I'm from Detroit lakes, Minnesota. <laughs> and I, said, I said, no kidding. And so you meet, right. It, it, you hear different phrases. And, and you know, when you hear somebody say, grade 11 right you know that they're they're canadian it's uh so funny 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 what's your favorite Chris- I, I, what's your favorite christmas song oh god well my wife has this i don't know if it's an annoying habit but it's definitely like 
present every day, multiple times a day, she starts singing these songs. Like it could be an 80s song, a song that's popular now, a Christmas song, and then it gets stuck in my head and I end up start singing it and she always thinks it's comical. <laughs> but she was singing the other day, um, Mary, Did You Know, the Lutheran <laughs> hymn. Um, and I started singing it even though I hate that song because they they sing they sing five ver- like Lutherans are horrible really for singing every verse of a song like in Catholic school and in Catholic mass especially if you went to Saturday at five fifteen the priest would say all right we're gonna sing two verses of this hymn not six not five two and like you know you get the gist of it and let's move on no no. And the Christmas mask at Sharon Lutheran, uh, it is like you're booked in there for an hour 30, guaranteed. That's the choir event, right? I mean, come on. How much yeah. of, how much every, of that yeah. do we really need? Now, I know they work hard and all that stuff, and I, I was in choir, so I'm not mocking anybody. Well, truth, but, I mean, be, truth, hey, truth be told, you're a singer, though. I didn't really know that about you until somebody told me that. Yeah. What? Uh, explain your start in singing. How did that happen? I mean, because you're see people don't. We're going to pull the curtain back here on Greg Lowe's a little bit, but people think you're like a professional athlete, blah blah blah. Smart guy comes on, he coaches, right? Um, and and bef- and so I don't forget. I want to talk about physical fitness as it relates to mental health, and in this prolonged crisis that that you know. Certainly, the nation is going through, the world's going through, and the long and the effects when you do this for such a long period of time, and you know, and 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 how physical fitness bleeds into mental health. So, I want to I want to go there after we talk about sure. your singing career. Okay, so how do you get started as as a singer? I, I well, we have music in school, yeah, and then. You know, you stick out there, I guess, because of your voice. And then they, you know, they start asking you, well, can you, can you just sing this solo or this or whatever? So I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, so I did like plays in junior high and high school musicals where I sang and stuff. So, um, I, I mean, I used to sing, I had a mostly falsetto before I, before the boys dropped and, uh, so then obviously it changed a little bit, but I used to sing Annie. I used to sing Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, um, what's your specialty? The, what's your go-to? What's your go-to that you can crush? I don't, I don't really have a go-to. Come on. We're in a bar. It's late no. at night, right? We're doing karaoke. No, that's everybody. That's everybody. That's like Sweet Caroline and Journey. <laughs> You know, um, I know, but you're a singer. Stuff, but... You're a singer. Look, nobody ever no. looked at me and said, "Mac, do you want, Michael, do you think you uh, can solo?" Nobody ever said that to me. And I was the, like, "You, you want to know what got me out of choir when they said you had to sing by yourself?" Okay, everybody, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm out of here. I'm not doing that." Embarrass myself. <laughs> I've I've spent like six six grades at this school, right, building a reputation that I'm not going to destroy here soloing in front of God and everybody. So I'm out. I'm out, sister, <laughs> and I quit. Hey, did you have to go to mass during school then? Sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah, every Friday we went to school. Yeah. We went to mass. 
Yeah, see, ours was Monday. Yeah, I, you know, I and I talk, I talk about that when I do my little my post traumatic winning thing about the infrastructure that I had as a kid. All my coaches are veterans. All you know, we, uh, you know, we went to school every Friday, and then I went back to I mean, went to church every Friday, went to mass, and then every Sunday I went back to mass, and all that infrastructure, right? When you looked uh, at kids th- th- for the last year, has been gone out of their, out of their lives. And we don't think this is going to have yeah. a detrimental impact on kids. Think again. And if you're not paying attention, you need to. Because you can't do that from kids, from people that aren't formed yet and think that it's not going to have long-term implications. Now, especially if your kid's an average to below average student. Holy shit, man. Good luck with that, right? Yeah. And also, like you, you start noticing it now with the prolonged length of it. I mean – like last March and April, you know, there, there was, oh, you know, this isn't that bad kind of deal, blah, blah, blah. And then you remember there was a period like where everyone was kind of relaxed a little bit. Yep. And, and there was like the kids, but then they got punched. Like, it's almost like you get up from a fight and the ref counts you and you go a couple more rounds, but then all of a sudden you don't look to your left and you just get socked in the face. That's what these kids are going through, and you could see it now with the amount of time they're bored and and how their screen times increased and stuff like that. But you know, I've I've done uh, workouts with my boys in the basement. I've, I've worked them out with no more than I think we have a twenty pound kettlebell, which or fifteen. Um, but other than that, we use like duffel bags full of stuff. We do. Um, luggage carries with heavy objects in each hand up the stairs, you know, doing things like that. I put them on a, a timer with reps with time dressed. Um, and this is the things they asked me for. Hey, can you, we can't go to the gym cause it's closed. So can you, can you facilitate something? And it's better than them being on the screen time, but I have noticed an increase in, you know, their fuse is a little bit shorter now cause they can't just get in the car and go see their friends or, go hang out or, you know, there's only two people allowed at a sporting event here now, if any, depending on the district, all that stuff. But now I see you guys have zero uh, capacity for ICU beds in California, right? Well, it depends where you go. Um, and uh, I, yeah. It's you know, not good, though. No, it's, no, no. And, you know, well, I, I mean, I guess for me the frustrating part is, you had, you know, experts that said this was going to happen. And yet, you know, we with much fanfare, right, we launched a couple boats and did all that stuff. And then these the experts who everybody says are, you know, know what they're doing, um, we didn't put money in terms of, hey, we need we need two more floors of ICU beds so we had, have some surge capacity. And uh, we know, and then we'll take those beds and we'll build a field expedient hospital out in the parking lot and we'll have, you know, double the capacity in terms of ICU beds. And, you know, we didn't do any of that. And the option, Greg, is we'll just, we'll just shut everything down. And I mean, I mean, I, I, you can comment on this too. Tom Cruise had every right to snap on those people. I mean, he's trying to put food on tables. He's trying to make a movie. He's trying to, I mean, if you listen to his whole rant and I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, but if you listen to his whole rant, you know, he's talking about, I get calls every night from producers, from studios, from insurance companies looking for a way to keep people employed, to produce so our industry can survive because our industry is dying right now. The people that, that, that our industry supports, you know, they're, they're, you know they're, in, they're in food lines. 
you know, and, and you don't want to wear your mask and you don't want to play by the rules, you know. And so to me, it's, you know, you see that stuff and and it's to it's me. Just, you know what, I was just going to, before we walked, this, the Tom Cruise thing really pisses me off. So what five people fucking quit? Okay, like you're soft. You grew up maybe in a in a place where no one yelled at you, or no one held you accountable, or there was no fucking rules. So you get pissed and quit. Bye, Felicia. Okay, like we'll get five more like you at the wherever they're filming the Italian bus stop. We'll go get five more people like you that can do your job. Hey, there'll be so if you there'll leave, be five hundred people in line to get a paycheck, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I mean, come on, man. But getting back to, like, you know, the, the the whole ICU beds and shit like that, then I'm watching Good Morning America, which I hate because it's so democratic. But anyway, um, the the uh, they're talking about how Pfizer's bitching that they have, like, 2 million doses sitting in storage because they don't have any direction on where to take them. And then you have three states that have not received the allotted vaccine that they were supposed to get when, you know, they originally put the numbers on each state. Now, how the fuck can you have this shit going on and waiting every second, and I say every second of the day for a vaccine, then it comes out, then it's 95% effective, and you don't have the infrastructure to the fucking second time when you get that shit you know where it's at like come on mac no trust me trust me you're watching it and you're like how could you screw this up you've been you you operation warp speed we've been planning this shit this big we've seen all the press conferences and now we don't know what we're doing i don't know listen don't don't invoke a star trek reference if you're gonna (laughs) shit down your leg what was a star trek Warp speed? Are you a star? Are you a yeah. Tre- are you a Trekkie? Are you kidding me? There's oh. no way. But I had to. I. I but wait, wait. Your your dad is though, right? Yes, that's oh. what I had. Like, <laughs> seven, whatever. Whenever Star Trek was on, because you know, when I was my age, I'm sure I don't know if you were. I was the human remote. You know, we had like <laughs> minimum channels, but. When my dad got tired, he's like, change it, go up and change it, go up and change it. And then if I hit, like, I would try to, like, go fast by Star Trek, see if he was dozing off a bit. But no, no, he wanted to watch that shit. So I had to sit there and watch it. It's it's half an hour, many half hours of my life. I'll never get back. It, it sucks ass. I didn't. Oh, my God. Captain Kirk just slaying it on every planet with a chick in every port. <laughs> Right, um, and but I remember when I found out you—I don't know what we were talking about one day on the air—and your dad's like, "I love Star Trek." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, "Oh my God, Mac! You don't even know what he did to me with this shit." And then he and, like, and he, and, he, and he drops lines on you all the time <laughs> from Star Trek, and I've heard him like a thousand fucking times, and <laughs> and he just keeps doing it. He just keeps doing it. And he, he can also, he can bomb, like, the, the Spock salute, right, with that thing people can do with their fingers, right? Yeah. He could do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It it's is. Horrible. No, it's horrible. I want to like, go back to the prolonged, I mean, you're a coach, and, and you help uh, 
you you do a lot of different things with your with with your coaching, but uh, talk to us about prolonged. Um, I don't know what you would call this prolonged anxiety. Yeah, I don't. I mean, this prolonged thing, prolonged stress, prolonged um, anxiety. Uh, its effect on, on not only mental health but behavioral health. And how do you, you know, I was talking a little bit ago. One of the things I've learned is to be absolutely religious about physical fitness. Let your body, let those endorphins be part of what rescues you from this shit. And I, when I talk, I, I talk about, hey, I'll give you an immediate action drill, right? It's kind of like we use that term right in terms of clearing a rifle, tap, pull, push, rack, right? Immediate action drill. When you feel yourself laying on the couch, you feel yourself sliding into the edge of the valley of the shadow of death, PT twice as much. Whatever you do, double it and allow physical activity to be part of what gets you out of that rut that you're headed into. I'm curious about your thoughts on, on a, uh, when you do this for an extended period of time. Uh, and we deal with it when we go away, right? You're, I mean, you work seven days a week, right? Um, you know, and w- in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, bad things are going on. And, you know, you're supposed to just, you know, you're supposed to just set your jaw and push through it. But if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't sleep, if you don't eat, if you don't eat right, and if you don't exercise, I mean, that that will kick your ass. And, you know, we'll wind up sending you home. Your thoughts on how do you get through this? Well, you know, it's been proven scientifically that you need so many days, weeks, uh, to develop new patterns in your life. And those can be conscious or subconscious. And when they're conscious, you're talking, you're talking about a well regimented exercise program or eating certain way, or even giving up alcohol, um, stuff like that. That's conscious, but subconsciously, you know, you can find yourself, you know, well, instead of reading only this much, or watching TV, you find yourself going maybe half an hour more, and that turns into 40 minutes. And you don't really realize it because you're watching the show, and then you say, oh, I'll, I'll do something later and stuff. So what's happening in this prolonged session of you know whatever people are in, if they're not able to go to work, if they have to work from home, um, then you're, they're developing new patterns And it's very difficult to break those patterns once we, quote-unquote, get back to normal. So, you know, I use the example, like, I can't do a lot with my leg, but I can walk around the house. So I do lap after lap. I put on the, the game. I put on whatever. And I'll continually walk, and I'll walk for so many minutes for every hour, or whatever, so that I'm not sitting there on cold days where you can't go to the store, you can't go walk around, you can't do stuff like that. But And as I said, you know, my kids working out in the basement and, and doing stuff like that. But it, it has to be a conscious effort. And, you know, my, my Nona always said, you know, um, an idle mind is the devil's playground. And I never knew what that meant till obviously you get older, but... You know, when you're bored, um, you may do things that you normally wouldn't do. That's why a lot of guys, when you talk to them about using drugs or alcohol or something like that, they're like, you know what? No one was home. I'm fucking bored. Um, You know, I just started drinking. 
and pass the time faster than anything, you know? So, I mean, there's, there's things that you could do. Um, but as you know, many people have a hard time a reaching out or trying something new, or, you know, they get frustrated because it doesn't work instantly. Um, and in the, you know, immediate satisfaction or gratification, the society that we live in, that's difficult. But I will say that people like servicemen and women are a different breed. I mean, they are accustomed to physical activity or being pushed and stuff like that. So they, uh, as a whole, have a little bit more discipline, in my opinion. But they also have a bigger downside when it, it the gap becomes so big, you know. And I think that's a lot with the ath- the kids that are athletes here. Um, they're really taking it a lot harder than some of the kids that, you know, just come home from school and sit in the room all day and stuff like that. So you got to know your kid, you got to know your spouse, you you know, and, and the, the whole thing about communication and open up a dialogue and not taking no for an answer when they say I'm fine or, or, uh, it's not a big deal and stuff like that. But when you talk about, this is what I noticed and you cite specific examples, um, then it, maybe it wakes them up a little bit. So th- there is some avenues to explore, but a lot of times people are, a lot of parents are unequipped. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could do a Google search and stuff, but shit, you look up uh, on WebMD, if you have a headache and a sore finger, you got cancer. So who knows if you're reading the right shit, right. you know? So it's it's difficult. You got to find people that are qualified Um, that know what they're talking about because when I want to build a house, I don't call uh, my coach from down the street. I call an architect. So you got to call the right people um, so that, you know, you can get some assistance, whether it be someone from the school, a teacher, a superintendent, you know, when it comes to kids or, or other people. I mean, there's, there's other ways you can look at it, but, you're really in uncharted waters here, Mac. And, and what's going to happen, I think is it's, you talk, you just talked about it a little bit saying, if you, if you think that, you know, this is what's happening to kids and it's not going to affect them and it won't be one of every 10, it might go 40%. What if it goes 50%? Are we equipped to deal with that? No, no, no. And again, a lot of people don't even see it. Um, don't even see it coming. Right, I mean, it's like what, 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 and and so, um, so what would you tell parents? What what are things to look for? I, you know, you to me said one of the things that 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 stops people from from doing things, and that is um, instant results. Instant results. Um, it, it's hard, yeah. and, and and after the second day, uh, I really don't want to do it. Um, but I, I will tell you, I mean, if you don't see the link between physical fitness and mental health, you're missing the boat because um, they are they are they are absolutely interwoven. And show me people that are, that are pretty healthy and I'll show you somebody that's that's more. And again, you don't need to be, you know, I don't you know, you don't need to be some fitness model. You just need to be active. And as Greg said, you know, the ball game's on and he's doing laps around the island in his house. Right, just to stay active because you can't go outside, you can't go walk the dog, you can't, you know, do all the things you normally do, and so um, to me, 
and and then, but again, if you're not doing that, and if you just look at the, you know, just on a daily basis, the headlines, the gloom and doom, you know, <clears throat> and God forbid you're laid off. I mean, I, God bless you, people. I don't know. I mean, people that you know, whether if you were in the bar business, the restaurant business, you know, and 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 not only the you know the financial nightmare, you know, and, and Greg and I've talked about this before, but. You know, I think the worst times of both of our lives were when you don't know how you're going to pay pay your bills. And I, I, I vividly recall a day when uh, I want to say it was on the passing of Gene Upshaw. And we were talking about him. And he had a very mixed reputation. And Greg was adamant about, let me tell you about Mr. Upshaw. And, you know, I don't know if you want to recount, recount that story, Greg, but, but you know, and, and my point in telling it is this, when you're in desperate financial situations and you don't know how you're going to feed your family, there is no worse. I mean, I, I always say I'd rather be shot at any day of the week. It's way easier than laying in bed thinking that you're going to fail your family. Um, talk about what Gene Upshaw did for you. Well, I mean, I think I've told obviously the story about my injury and subsequent infections and stuff like that, but being uh, basically laid out or bedridden for uh, weeks, months on end, and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, um, you're you're back in Grand Forks. You're not playing NFL football anymore. You're not getting huge checks, and and the money starts to go fast. And you have uh, you have a child, and and then uh, you know the bank account, you know the bills mount up. Insurance comes in. You need a new transmission whatever the case may be, and there's no money left. And uh, they had a dire need fund um, that uh, after they did a story on me on ESPN E60, um, or outside the line, sorry, um, that uh, Gene Upshaw called and and, uh, through somebody, and then I ended up talking to him, but uh, helped us out tremendously um, and got me on my feet and then also was instrumental in helping me apply for the benefits that you pay for as a member of the NFL Players Association and the Disability Fund. So, um, oh, sorry, my dog's going off. Let me let him out. Sorry, <laughs> I got a 200-pound mastiff that when he uh, hears someone at the door, that's that's a subdued bark. I'm glad he didn't go all out. Um, but anyway, yeah, he, he, uh, he helped me. Uh, tremendously. So um, the people that are in that situation, um, you know, and they have kids that are having trouble or they're like average or below average student and stuff. That's when stuff compounds, Mac. That's when, you know, it gets really bad. And you talk about you'd rather get shot at because sitting in bed at night when it's one o'clock, then it's two, then it's three, and you're going through scenarios on what can you do? How could you make it? This is, you know, we got to get formula, but the power bills do, which one do I do? You know, stuff like that. That is enough to drive anyone bonkers. And, so, and to do it month after month yeah. after month. I mean, it's, yep. it's, it's, and that's what we're dealing with. And again, with no sign in the future that this is going to end anytime. And, you know, yeah, the vaccine's rolling out and all of this, but, you know, the cases keep mounting. The um, the lockdowns keep getting bigger and more expansive, and so you know those people in those industries, 
there's no there's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel yet and that is that is tough that's tough no and and so you know with your radio show it's probably um soothing to people's ears to get distracted for a few hours maybe they are running on a treadmill or just walk in or listen to one of their your podcasts or whatever um that it it provides a couple hours but there there's the funny thing is is that there's always somewhere somehow some way there's a solution and if you're only looking in one or two doors then that's on you because you got to pound on a lot more doors or open a lot more doors or try to call more people uh, whether it be a job somewhere or um, whether it be a food pantry or to help your kids out, whatever the situation is, it's your job. And and all the while, you got to take care of yourself too and, and make sure that you're taking time for yourself and enjoy a shower or a bath or, you know, uh, maybe it's just going out for a walk outside even though the, most things are closed. You have better weather here than the minus 23 that is here today. Nice. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was. It's not so much the heat; it's the humidity that'll get you. <laughs> Beyond, no, you know, no. So. What, and what you're saying, um, is, but again, the prolonged impact of this on on everybody, from kids to, um, you know, I, I mean, we dealt with this with Colleen. I mean, so, um, you know, here, here Colleen's a senior in high school. She went, She didn't go to school for eight months. For eight months, she did not go to school. She's a two-sport athlete, didn't play either one of them. And so all this infrastructure around your, your kid, all of a sudden you're seeing their grades struggle, and and you know, and all of a sudden you're looking, and you're like, wait, something's wrong here. And Colleen's a good student, too. We're lucky. I mean, all our kids have been pretty good students. and and and, and But, you know, I had a, a, an Israeli guy tell me once, you can only stick a sword in salt water for so long before it's destroyed. And I think this is the same thing. You're talking about prolonged uh, stress, prolonged isolation, and that's just that's not good for anybody. And uh, and so I think, you know, we all uh, got to be aware of it. And then, you know, what can you do? And one of the things Greg was just talking about is, you know, that's your job. You know, I, I think the thing about life that's important is if you just don't quit, if you just keep getting up, at some point you'll see a crack, and you'll get to go through it. Because life will knock down you you down seven times, but if you guess what, if you get up the eighth time, you win, right? You win, and that's the that's what you got to teach. That's what we got taught. We got taught, you know. I, I you know, and I'll speak for Greg. We got taught to be relentless, you know, and we we learned some of that in sports, some of that from our families, you know, and uh, and and just don't quit. Get up. Do not quit. Be relentless in in your pursuit of whatever. And if you'll do that, which is an incredible skill, life skill, as a matter of fact, at some point it turns your way. And uh, if you had one piece of advice for for parents, uh, what would it be? Uh, don't stop talking to them. All right. You know, like. Uh, I, I, you, you cannot solve anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. You may be able to see changes, witness them. You know, take an account of them. But if you don't say anything and and don't take no for an answer and keep pounding, whether they slam the door or do this, or maybe you got to bribe them with a 
an ice cream treat or a burger or whatever the hell, whatever it takes, just don't stop, you know? And also with that, listen and be patient and don't preach. Oh, I know how you're exactly how you're feeling. No, you don't. (laughs) So when you, when you identify with them and say, I'm here to listen to you. I just want to listen to what you're, what you're saying. And, and I'm, I'm here for you. I mean, a lot of people don't have that either. So, you know, when a kid feels that he's loved, at least you got a fighting chance. Right. Well, and the other thing is, I, I would say most of that iceberg is underwater. So whatever you think you see, oh, yeah. right, like like with most of us, there's a whole lot more going on. And and, and you're not going to see any of it if you don't stay close to them. All right, man, I know you got to run. Um, what is the air temperature today? Is it 23 below right now? Hold on, let me see. Looking for nine above with a wind chill of five below in Saskatchewan today. Oh, really? That's not bad. No. Well, yes, today it's not going to be bad. It's going to be 30. But this morning with the wind chill, that was like minus 23, I think. Nice. So, yeah. So, but the other day, God, it was free. Like, I stepped outside, obviously. And you know the way I was dressed, right? What was I wearing on the bottom? Shorts. Yep. Uh, because, you know, when you run to the grocery store here, you only have to go from your truck to the grocery store. Then it's warm in there. So right. I'm like, well, you know, why why, why I put on a coat? Right. Wow. Um, Come on. Silly. I, it's silly. I, I, went, yeah, I went to grab the garbage. <laughs> and uh, I, that estimate of the, the distance between my garage door and the end of the driveway, that changed, I think, from summer to winter. <laughs> How did it work out? Well, I made it, but let's just say I could cut glass with my nipples. <laughs> you would think at your age you would have learned that lesson, though, right? Come on. No, 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 no. Cold is a state of mind. Oh, really? You think so? What did your, What were your nipples saying about the, your state of mind the other day? They came to. They got the blood back. We're good. So, all right, all I got to right. go. All right, bud. Take care. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye. All right, there you have it. The one and only Greg Lotus. Um, I'll read you an email. I appreciate you talking about this today. I think it sensitizes all of us relative to what we're all going through. I have family members that haven't worked in months, and I can particularly see it in them. While they started off hopeful and pretty positive that this would last not so long, I believe it has taken a turn. I first noticed weight gain, but you really don't want to say anything about that because of the circumstances. Living on unemployment drained their savings, and now regular trips to food banks, like a lot of people in this country. Thanks for talking about this today. I need to be able to do more. I need to have a conversation with my wife. Have a great weekend, Mac. Merry Christmas. Um, Here's another one. I don't think I've ever been through anything that has lasted this long. The discussion this morning is making me reflect on how my life has changed. Appreciate it. Semper Fidelis. You know, it's, uh, 
it's a lot like, well, let me tell you the difference between going on a deployment for this long to Iraq or Afghanistan. And that is, you know, we know that there's a duration and at some point we're going to go home, hopefully. Right. And so you work and you do your thing. And you have your donut of misery. The donut of misery is a date that you would punch in there. And normally there's a very, very attractive looking woman there. And in in this donut, right? And it tells you how many days, how many weeks, how many minutes, how many seconds left till you go home. <laughs> yeah, the donut of misery. Right? And you're like you hit these like, hey, I'm less than a billion seconds before I go home. <laughs> yeah, like woo Right. Holy shit, man. I'm under a million seconds before we leave. And so um it's uh there is no end in sight for this. And again, yeah, the the vaccines but um how does that help the people that are so deep in debt? You know? And again, that that's why to me, I think in the postmortem of all of this, what we're gonna see is public officials to me, closing it down should have never been an option. We cannot do that. And I go back to a woman. Uh, a restaurant owner saying the cure cannot be worse than the sickness. And it certainly seems like it is. And again, if you're a restaurant owner and you see that 1.5% of the cases come out of uh, your industry, how in God's name do you justify shutting my industry down? You are costing me my livelihood. You are costing me the business I built. You're costing me my home. You're taking everything based on what? Some squishy bullshit science? And the answer to that is yeah. The answer to that is yeah. Just saw a headline that um, 1.5 million signatures are needed in the state of California to recall the governor. They're over 800,000 now. They're over halfway there. I think I think they should call him, recall him. And I think that should be a message to all these shitheads. That the arbitrary way that they do business, the arbitrary way they conduct themselves, right? People are not happy with. And I think more states ought to do it. Yeah. And again, there's a there's a better I, again. You don't see transparency in how is this money spent. If eighty percent of the death is above the age of sixty five, then shouldn't eighty percent of the money be spent protecting that group of people and the people that care for that group of people? One would think. Do you think that happened? Probably not. Probably not. So. Um, but again, the focus of today is, you know, taking care of yourself and, and, and it's hard. 
But I will tell you this. It starts with physical activity. It's And then the, then the hardest part in that, in my opinion, is um, is the consistency of doing it. Now, I'll just tell you the way I do it. Okay? The way I do it is I go ahead and I'll finish my show. And then after that, I will go ahead and uh, I will put this stuff on the internet, which I'm supposed to do. And, um, and after that, I will go ahead and, uh, I go put on my shorts and my t-shirt. I grab my little earbuds and I take the, uh, dogs and we go for a three to four mile walk around the fairgrounds. And, uh, and, and I, I have this thing in my head and, and I've had it for years, for decades where I just say, just do the work, just do the work. Don't think about it. Just shut up and do it. And even this week, I mean, I, I, you know, I, 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 I run and lift weights and I try to do that. You know, I try to work out six days a week and then I, I doing something and then I run and I lift and, uh, you know, but this week has been more difficult because I don't want to do it uh, for a variety of reasons. And But I force myself to. And I have that phrase in my head, just do the work. Just shut up and take a step in that direction, and that's the hardest step you'll take. And you go out there. And I even, I even you know, I even negotiate with myself. Some days I say, look, all you're going to do is maintenance lifting. You're not going to do max reps. You're not going to do max weight. You're just going to do... You know, your your entry level weight and maybe one step up and you're just going to do, you know, the reps and you're going to blow through that. And I call that maintenance lifting, right? Where you don't, you're not probably building anything, but you're just maintaining, you know, the status quo. And normally shorter, quicker, blah, 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 blah. But you're doing it. You're doing it. So, you know, I but again, it's the consistency. The other thing that uh, that I really spent some time on was you know, the way I eat. Um, I develop bad eating habits when I don't eat, you know, when I'm trying to lose weight. And so I evolved instead of thinking like, okay, instead of cutting calories, why don't I eat more but eat foods that aren't as high in calories? What are those foods and what are the foods in that genre that I like? Right? So that you eat, you sit down and you eat a huge bowl of fruit. Fills you up, tastes good, you like it. And you're not hungry. And so you're not going in and diving into a bag of chips or eating all the rest of that stuff. Then, you know, why do I eat? wait till 7 o'clock to eat the major meal of the day? Well, I don't anymore. Now I eat it at sometime between 3 and 4. Now when Colleen's here, I'll wait and have, you know, when she gets home and eat with her. But, you know, I've, I've evolved because that's when I'm hungry. So, I mean... And then what happens is you're healthy and you're losing weight and yeah, it all works, but not easy. The other thing I think that Greg and I talked about is the whole iceberg concept. Uh, you're probably not seeing, and I, I can tell you this from post-traumatic winning. Most of us are pretty good at hiding our feelings. Most of us are pretty good at, 
at hiding um, the things we feel. And so, don't think, and that's why you got to talk, that's why you got to ask. Um, yeah, that's why you got to do that. And so, um, if you don't do that, you're asking for trouble. And if you think you're going to see it, my advice to you is you're probably not going to see it. Here's an email. I too appreciate the discussion of this subject. I find myself struggling in this area. Financially, I think I'm like a lot of people. I'm making it, but not by very much. And it's pretty nerve wracking on a monthly basis. I think Thanksgiving for me served as a little bit of a breaker of good habits. And I'm slowly but surely coming back with Christmas looming. Let me tell you, I think a lot of people are like that, right? Thanksgiving comes, right? Good food, you know, you put on weight. You know, again, I think the the key is just be consistent. Make yourself go for a walk. Make yourself walk your dog. Make yourself exercise. And then you'll limit that damage and know that it is kind of an annual thing, the holidays. right? And then the email says this. I've gone through something with my daughter. That surprised me. I thought I would see behavioral changes. I did not. And I thank God that she came to me and asked if she could talk to me. I concur with your iceberg theory. We want to believe that we can see. But I think if you reflect on your life, most things we don't see. Because people are good at hiding them. Um, yeah, faking it, man. Faking it is, um, faking it's a big deal. And a lot of people get really good at it. A lot of people get get really good at it. The, um, another email. Max, so you're producing more or another version of post-traumatic winning? I'm producing another version of post-traumatic winning. Yeah. And like I said, I'm geeked about it. I think the um the difference of, the differences in this version as opposed to the first one I produced are substantial and um and I think it's really good. Yeah. I, I the differences are, if I could take a couple of minutes, are I think when you broaden the lens, and, you know, for instance, we want to talk about, you know, kids or we talk about, you know, military-age people or veterans or whatnot. I think when when you broaden the lens and you see this as a, as a life event and you see the destructiveness that adverse childhood experiences have, but again, you know, teen adverse events, are they, how much less destructive are they? Marginally? Not very much. Still tre- tremendously traumatic. How about adult traumatic experiences? 
Now, you might be a little bit better equipped to handle them, but I would tell you not much. Because how do you get practice at it? But you're a more fully developed human being, and that's, you know, that's. And so, but if you look and you say, so they go and you go through these things, and life continues to stack more weight on you, and you're doing your best to, you know, to get through it. And you go looking for help, and guess what? Most people don't get very much help. And that's just a sad truth. And I again, I'm, I, I, I don't mean to be unkind to therapists, uh, but I just will tell you what most people tell me, and that is I went and I stopped going. So, um, so then you go, now you're an adult, and you're getting more of it stacked on top of you. And so that's what, you know, in the presentation, you know, and then you look at, you know, veteran suicide peaks between the ages of 55 and 74. And that stuns people. What? And I think if you see it as a continuum, you see this untended to condition get worse and worse and worse and worse. And then ultimately made worse by what? Things like divorce and financial failure. And I have this stuff. I've never dealt with it. I have other stuff, you know, life-altering events have happened. And then the next thing you know is you, you know, there's a a permanent solution applied to a temporary problem. And, uh, yeah, and it's, uh, it's not good. It's not good. So, um, so yeah, so that's one of the changes in it. Um, I, I really like using the, uh, the shadow of the Valley of death in there. I think it's vivid in terms of it helps people understand what trauma is, that trauma will shove you down there. And the answer, the, the question is, can you get your happy ass out of there? Well, I can show you how to do that. And I know that. So, but I think that's a, that's a, a much more vivid way to describe it. I think that, um, There's a, there's the video that I use at the beginning uh, now that's uh, uh, an extract from Scent of a Woman. And he he talks about uh, Al Pacino. I'll play it for you here. This is, this is the video. This, well, you'll hear the audio. Are you finished, Mr. Slade? No, I'm just getting warmed up. He's uh, a retired Army Lieutenant Colonel, blind. He's going to kill himself. This kid's helping him get around New York City. He's a prep school kid. He's gotten in trouble at prep school. He doesn't know how Pacino's going to kill himself. Pacino takes a liking to him. Pacino's character does. And so before he, he alters his plans to kill himself, and uh, he goes to this disciplinary hearing, and he accompanied this kid, whose name is Charlie, to this hearing, and the kid's going to get thrown out of school. I don't know who went to this place. William Howard Taft, William Jennings Bride, William Tell, whoever. Their spirit is dead, if they ever had one. It's gone. You're building a rat ship here. A vessel for seagoing snitches. 
And if you think you're preparing these minnows for manhood, you better think again. Because I say you are killing the very spirit this institution proclaims it instills. What a sham. What kind of a show are you guys putting on here today? I mean, the only class in this act is sitting next to me. And I'm here to tell you, this boy's soul is intact. It's non-negotiable. You know how I know? Someone here, and I'm not going to say who, offered to buy it. Only Charlie here wasn't selling. Sir, you're out of order. Out of order? I show you out of order. You don't know what out of order is, Mr. Trask. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Out of order. Who the hell do you think you're talking to? I've been around, you know. There was a time I could see. And I have seen. Boys like these, younger than these, their arms torn out, their legs ripped off. But there is nothing like the sight of an amputated spirit. There is no prosthetic for that. So I play that. And when I saw this in the last couple months, when I heard it, it just, it leapt out at me. And I say, what happens if there is a prosthetic for an amputated spirit? What happens if I could teach you to make that? What happens if I could teach you to fit it to yourself and then to fit it to others? And then what happens if I could teach you to grow that limb back, to help others grow that limb back, and that limb would be better than the limb they had before? Would you be interested and so, I mean, it's powerful stuff. And that's what post-traumatic winning does. It takes you to a place that you didn't know existed. So, um, yeah, so I, so one of the things I, I've always tried to do with the presentation is to put what I call more precision-guided munitions in it. And that are thing, th- those are things that are extremely vivid, that, you know, phrases that are vivid, um, uh, audio that's very vivid and so that you don't forget this presentation you don't forget the things that are embodied in the presentation and so uh so again i think i've evolved it a little bit and so no i'm excited to uh i'm excited to to make it the um so uh that'll do it on a friday uh again you know most of this you know show the last couple hours have been you know devoted to um the enduring stress that people are under today the enduring financial stress the enduring you know emotional stress that goes with that you know if you're a parent dealing with that part and the cumulative effect of that on all of us. And I'm telling you, the things that push back on that, right? Physical fitness is one. And again, I don't mean you have to be a fitness model. What I mean is you got to be active. Physical fitness then bleeds into your brain and keeps you healthy. And that's why you got to do it. Okay, so... 
You know, not physical fitness for the sake of physical fitness. Physical fitness for the sake of mental health. And that's, in my opinion, where it starts. It's extremely critical, whether we're talking about COVID or, you know, or just trauma in general. Um, Extremely, extremely, extremely important. So, have a great weekend. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays to everybody else. And uh, take care of yourself. The other thing is, make sure you're going out and doing fun stuff. And if you've got to think it up, if you've got to gin it up, if you've got to figure it out, whatever you need to do to create fun stuff, to include going up on the roof and messing with the Christmas light, don't be afraid to do that. Okay, because that's how you get through this kind of stuff. There is no magic. There is no magic formula, right? But prolonged stress, prolonged adverse events, which this is, right? Prolonged financial distress has a devastating impact on us as human beings. And you got to figure it out. The one thing I'll tell you is don't quit. Don't quit. Find a way. Just keep getting up and solve the problems that day. And just know that there's people out there that will help. And you can't be afraid to go ask for help if you need it. And I know that's easy coming from somebody, you know, who's retired, right, who can pay their bills. But it's the truth. There's people out there that are more than willing to help. I say that to people that are stuck in the inner city. Go online. Find churches and communities around the country that will sponsor you to come to their community. And move. Write them. And say, I would love to move to your community. See what happens. There's all kinds across of people across this great country. In spite of the bullshit you see on TV every day. Right? So, have a great weekend. Right? God bless you all. Don't be afraid to touch somebody's life and impact it in a positive way. So, Merry Christmas. And don't be afraid to go out there and change somebody's life. So on this Friday, have a great weekend. I will see you Monday. Bing West, my guest on Monday, talking about his new book called The Last Platoon. It's a piece of fiction based on... uh, a Marine platoon that's uh, the last platoon in Afghanistan. So, have a great weekend. Bing and I will see you on Monday. <laughs>